Welcome to Short Cut to Sunday. I'm Ben. And I'm Bruce. And this is your podcast for February 23rd, uh, 2020. The, uh, uh, or what, what are we calling this Sunday the, here at the Holy Family? The last Sunday of the Epiphany. The last Sunday of the Epiphany. Uh, we are coming to you not live from Holy Family Episcopal Church in Fishers, Indiana. Uh, and if you look at your lectionary calendar, you would peg this uh, recording to be for the Sunday that's called Transfiguration Sunday, and yet you just said last Sunday of the, the last Sunday of the Epiphany. Um, uh, is that a a decision on branding that we're just going to rename Transfiguration <laughs> Sunday? Is this a uh, uh, an unholy departure from the edict, which is the lectionary reading? What is what what, what are we doing here? Neither of the above. Oh, okay. All right. Good. I, I'm. <laughs> I don't want to associate with anything unholy. That's right. Um, our preacher for this coming Sunday is our deacon, Kathy Scott. <clears throat> and as is often the case, she wants to be able to preach about uh, diaconal things, which is ministry in the rest of the world. Mm -hmm. And the readings for this, uh, for Epiphany 7 are very much um, a part of how do we live in society and how mm. do we make the world a better place. So it fits much better with a diaconal ministry and therefore will make her sermon much more easy to write. <laughs> <laughs> so what is it that she's dodging then? She, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> she's dodging the Transfiguration, which is a wonderful mystical event. Uh, when a, uh, Moses, Moses and Elijah visit... Jesus uh, before he heads to Jerusalem for his arrest and trial. So this is the building of the tents. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Should we build tents for them, as Peter asks? Which is a, a, a resounding, no, that's dumb. Right. <laughs> Once again, read the Bible so you can see it for yourself. <laughs> I do like that reading. That, yeah. is a, that is a fun, that is a fun, like, no, you're being stupid. <laughs> and we do have that reading, um, at least once a year. Some years mm -hmm. we have it as often as three times. And so it didn't seem like we were going to be missing too much by not having it this coming Sunday. And we would miss a lot by losing out on the readings that we do have, as y'all will soon discover. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, before we get to those readings, uh, let it let us get to the Stump the Priest section. Mm -hmm. Today's uh, word begins with a B, uh -uh. and it's, uh, it is the word Burse. Oh, as in burse and veil. Uh, it's the part of the equipment that covers the chalice and paten, which is the cup and the plate that we use at Holy Eucharist. Mm -hmm. And um, the burse is the flat fabric covered piece. Um, often it has a pocket in it where we can hide extra linens in case we spill, frankly. Um, and its original purpose, that I, as I understand, was to keep bugs out of the chalice. Hmm. And it became increasingly ornate. And so now there's another piece that we put over the chalice that's a lot simpler and can take wine stains more easily. There you go. Uh, yes, uh, it, it, you are talking about one and the same. Oh, good. <laughs> one of the things that I found fascinating with this, number one, not very many people knew what burst was. Uh -huh. But one of the uh, things that I found fascinating about the definition was, contrary to many other words on this website uh, 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 housed by the, Epis the official Episcopal Church, uh, the definition is... 
is, uh, well, I, I should just read it. It's definitely different than what we usually hear because oh, usually, okay. oftentimes they'll go into the historical yeah. context just like you did, mm -hmm. uh, 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 practical applications, like just an exhaustive uh, uh, approach towards, uh, yeah. towards uh, defining it. And this one is kind of just kind of struck me as off as being a little bit more off. Uh, it's only two sentences long. Wow. And it says, uh, a burst is a case of two squares of stiff material, hinged or bound together at one end, which contains the corporeal and purificators uh, for use at the celebration of the Eucharist. The burst is covered in the liturgical color of the day and placed on top of the veil, which covers the chalice. Yep. That's But it was like accurate. But, yeah. I, and... Okay, well, we won't go too far down this rabbit hole, but one of the interesting things is that it started out strictly as a utilitarian object, and then mm -hmm. as with anything that's used in sacred spaces, it became more and more ornate. And so it originally did have to be in the liturgical color of the season. It right. didn't have to have fancy embroidery and all, but most of the time now it is. Yeah. It yeah. used to be just a pocket for the linens yeah yeah it, that was a lot more of the style of definition that it came up with which uh it's a square yeah <laughs> two <laughs> <laughs> it uh it does its job it's yeah good. yeah <laughs> all right well let's move on to the readings then uh, the first one is leviticus chapter 19 verse 1 through 2 and then 9 through 18 the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to all the congregation of the people of Israel and say to them, You shall be holy, for I, am the, for I, the Lord, your God, am holy. When you reap the harvest of your land, you shall not reap to the very edges of your field or gather the gleanings of your harvest. You shall not strip your vineyard bare or gather the fallen grapes of your vineyard. You shall leave them for the poor and the alien. I am the Lord, your God. You shall not steal. You shall not deal falsely, and you shall not lie to one another. And you shall not swear falsely by my name, profaning the name of the, your God, I am the Lord. You shall not defraud your neighbor. You shall not steal. And you shall not keep for yourself the wages of a laborer until morning. You shall not revile the deaf or put a stumbling block before the blind. You shall, not, you shall fear your God, I am the Lord. You shall not render an unjust judgment. You shall not be partial to the poor or defer to the great. With justice you shall judge your neighbor. You shall not go around as a slanderer among your people. And you shall not profit by the blood of your neighbor. I am the Lord. You shall not hate in your heart anyone of your kin. You shall not reprove your neighbor, you shall, or you will incur guilt yourself. You shall not take vengeance or bear a grudge against any of your people. But you shall love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. Uh, definitely reads kind of as a, uh, a very poetic because uh, yeah. uh, it has that repeating kind of a, a, a um, not so much a verse, but saying to it, uh, mm -hmm. I am the Lord. Um, why do we skip seven verses, though? What's the what's the deal there? Well, a big part of it is simply to uh, for time reasons so that the uh, Sunday worship's not too long. And... Um, Part of the major chunk of that is that skipped is about uh, a meat sacrifice, which no one does anymore, Jewish or Christian. And so it's like, okay, don't need to know about that. The one thing I don't understand, though, and I'll admit this, 
is we skip two of the Ten Commandments, which this is mostly a recitation of, uh-huh. um, of uh, honoring mother and father and do not make uh, false idols. So mm. I, I really don't know why they didn't include that. Uh, uh, but they didn't. These ones, lesser. Yeah. I mean, I couldn't. <laughs> I don't know. False idols is a pretty big uh, theme, and especially in the Old Testament, they're like, yeah, and it takes a certain amount of um, interpretation to apply it to today. But heck, you know, anyone carrying a smartphone has the possibility of being carrying of carrying a false idol with them at all times. That's true. That's and, true. And certainly, honoring of uh, people we love is still very important. But yeah, I don't understand why they skipped those. Um, tell me about the book of Leviticus. What is, uh, what's the, um, we don't delve into this book. This is not like a, uh, n- not to, not to thumb the nose at it, but, uh, it's not exactly, uh, uh, very well read from yeah. in, in lectionary readings. It's not very well studied in like, you know, adult forum right. book studies or, or anything like that. It's kind of one of those Passover books like we Not, pass over, like yeah. fly over. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> fly over exactly. Uh, as you pass over to get yeah. to Isaiah or to one of the prophets or to something like that. But, uh, it, you know, it, it's it not to imply that it should, that should happen. It's just kind of is the way it's kind of sh- uh, shaken out over the years. What, uh, what is, what is the gist of Leviticus? Well, the, the gist of Leviticus is that it's a book about how to worship and how to live. So it oh, is, so we don't want to. We don't want yeah. anyone to tell us that. <laughs> but a lot of the how to lives, like today, mm-hmm. is uh, basically a repeat of Deuteronomy. Okay. So we usually get those passages out of Deuteronomy because they often have a narrative around it. Mm-hmm. Whereas Le- Leviticus has very little action in it. It's mostly God talking with Moses and Moses talking with Aaron, who is the. Uh, teacher that Moses implied. Oh, so it's a giant book of telephone. Sort of, yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Um, and it has a lot of the passages that bother modern people the most uh, about what to do when women have their periods and things like that. Is this the braided hair and gold jewelry? Or that? I, no, I think that's Deuteronomy, isn't it? Like, you shouldn't You know, you shouldn't have I've that. never been asked that before, so I don't know. <laughs> I'm trying to remember which one. Uh, That's it's like, my uh, lifelong Episcopal life. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we don't. Yeah, yeah. The, we can. We, we pass over those games. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Pierce ears and skip. <laughs> yeah. And you're uh, about oh 15 years ago. Uh, I wanted to do in my parish then a a thorough look at the book of Leviticus, because at that point it was being tossed around a lot in political and secular conversations about how society should be structured, what laws Mm -hmm. should there be, particularly around homosexuality. And believing as I do that you need to take God's word as a whole. I said, if we're, if we're going to talk about the Leviticus pieces on sexuality, we need to look at the whole book. Mm -hmm. And actually it was a, a pretty popular Bible study in the parish. And, to prepare for it, I went to my friend, the local rabbi, and said, okay, I'm getting ready to do this. What resources should I use? And he looked at me and laughed and said, I can't 
get my temple to look at Leviticus. <laughs> so it's not just Christians that tend to fl- uh, fly over the book. Yeah. Uh, but he did he did have some good recommendations and was a fascinating Bible study. And, and the theme of Leviticus is to live a holy life. Mm-hmm. And if you say, I don't know how, okay, here you go. Right. Here are step-by-step instructions. Um, and But when it comes back to again and again is you are to live truly as one created in the image of God. Mm. So that that's the underlying and not so subtle theology over and over, even though people tend to skip that mm-hmm. and pick and choose their favorite thou shalt nots out of it. Uh, it definitely does. I don't think, I think it's fair to say there's very little surprising in this passage. Although there was one phrase that did kind of make me, cock my head a little bit to the side and go, well, that's kind of interesting. Uh, and that was in uh, verse 15. Um, uh, you shall not render an unjust judgment. Sure. Absolutely. You shall not be partial to the poor. But finish the sentence. Or defer to the great. So sure, like, but like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. sh- definitely don't defer to the great, but not being... It kind of almost feels like, I, shouldn't I be a little partial to the poor? Well, you, I mean, <laughs> you, you, yes, you can. <laughs> I mean, you know, I mean, it, it is in a phrase talking about don't, you know, unjust judgment is irrespective of who you are. Yeah. And, and, and all of that makes sense until you phrase it very, that very specifically that way. And you're kind of like, well, Oh, that, I, but I feel like I'm supposed to be a little tilted this way. <laughs> well, and maybe that's the best, one of the best examples I've, I've seen for a long time of why we have to take the Bible first of all, as a whole and not pick and choose phrases. I mean, cause there you only have a partial verse and you could really go to town on not worrying about poor people, mm-hmm. um, but and, but the context of it is not taking care of the widows and orphans, which Leviticus is huge on. You got to take care of the widows and orphans, who are the poorest of the poor usually in society at that point, and it's instead to be extremely ethical in the um, judgments in the evaluating mm-hmm. the folks around you who may need help living a better life in terms yeah. of their values and ethics. So in that way, it's an equalizer that we really are all the same in the eyes of God. And that's, that's the point of this verse, not, and eh, don't worry about the poor. <laughs> the poor will be fine. And if you take the entire <laughs> scripture over and over God says, I am hearing the poor's voice as they pray to me and ask for relief. And you guys are supposed to be providing that relief. Yeah, we are. Um, and in that fact, is... that's, that's within Leviticus and just a few more verses. So it, it's taken care of fairly quickly. All right, gotcha. <laughs> it's addressed. Very good. Well, um, let's move on to 1 Corinthians, shall we? Sure. Um, continuing on, our, our continuing adventures in 1 Corinthians. See, we wouldn't miss that if we were doing Transfiguration. I, and 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 uh, I besmirched the name of uh, 1 Corinthians last week, so I won't do it again. <laughs> 
the, Fair enough. The, the wrath of God had come down, uh, and I am. What fearful. your car wouldn't start, <laughs> right? Uh, chapter three, verse ten th uh, and eleven, and then uh, we skip a little and go to fifteen. Or sorry, sorry, say it right. Correct, sixteen through twenty-three. Uh huh. According to the grace of God given to me, like a skilled master builder, I laid a foundation, and someone else is building on it. Each builder must choose with care how to build on it. For no one can lay any foundation other than the one who has been laid, that has been laid. That foundation is Jesus Christ. Do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in you? If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy that person. For God's temple is holy, and you are that temple. Do not deceive yourselves if you think that you are wise in this age. You should become fools so that you may become wise. For the wisdom of this world is foolishness with God. For it is written, he catches the wise in their craftiness. And again, the Lord knows the thoughts of the wise, that they are futile. So let no one boast about human leaders, for all things are yours, whether Paul or Apollos or Cephas, or the world or life or death or the present or the future, all belong to you. And you belong to Christ and Christ belongs to God. Uh, this does feel like a continuation. Yeah, it is. Certainly. Um, uh, if you remember uh, those listening, uh, the, the week prior had been talking about, um, um, you know, some say Paul, some say Apollos. And, Who do I belong and, to? And he's like, no, 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 the whole, you know, uh, everything that I am, all the things that you're building me up to be is built on uh, a different, uh, you know, something else. And I am but, you know just the person bringing this information to you. I'm nothing more. It's God who's doing the actual work. Right. right. Um, and this is uh, uh, definitely does feel like a continuation of that metaphor. Very mm -hmm. much is. Why do we skip? Uh, we skip a few verses though. Uh, what do we, what, what's he, he saying that we don't care about? <laughs> <laughs> he expands yet again on the whole, who's building it. Paul is very repetitive. Well, and not always, but then... Those, it's almost like obsessive-compulsive writing. <laughs> I think that... Yeah, okay. <laughs> I concede that. But I think it's also... You know, when you're... I'm an extrovert. So it's it's hard. I'm thinking that for me, it's so much easier to have a face-to-face -face conversation with someone to see if they're getting my point mm. than to send an email... And they don't even know That's what fair. their inflection is. That's fair. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. You're you're getting no feedback as you're writing this letter, yeah. and so he'll write it and almost literally write the words like, "Do you get it?" Right. <laughs> Are you getting this? Here's another way to say it. Yeah. Does it make sense now? Or you know, if, if you went out to the bathroom or something, right, right, right. Here it comes again. Just in case, just in case you didn't hear, we're gonna catch up. We, yep. we had, I hit this. I hit that. I said this. I said mm -hmm. that. Okay, now sit down. Um, yeah. Um, and he, he came, and Paul was very well educated, and both within uh, Greek teaching styles and Jewish teaching styles, repetition is a huge technique so that, mm -hmm. again, people get what the point really is and don't disappear down a, a trivial little sentence or half verse. Right, right, instead, right. Instead, get the whole, get the whole meaning. Uh, yeah, and, and I do like what he does here because he does take this concept uh, that he's talking about and, and, you know, the building of the foundation, and he does weave in the audience in, I think, an interesting and exciting way. I'm not sure if this is the first time it's done, 
uh, or the only time it's done. Uh, but uh, he basically says he's talking about God being the foundation. He's just a, you know, he's just he's just somebody who's bringing uh, this information forward. But then he weaves in the audience and says that you're the temple of God, mm-hmm. um, and um, which was uh, obviously the, the 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 temple there in Jerusalem was the very was a is a very important uh, uh, aspect. I'm trying to remember at this time if it had been torn down again. Not yet. Not yet. It's coming. It's coming. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> many times before, many times after. Yeah. Um, but uh, um, so the the imagery is though that uh, goes takes this foundation physical foundation concept that, that he's been mm-hmm. he's been saying over and over and again. And what you what do you what would you build on such a foundation? Uh, what could be greater than God's temple? Mm-hmm. And guess what? That's you. You that's and uh, the church. Yeah. Yeah. That's the other thing Paul's working towards is letting people learn, perhaps for the first time, what it means to be a sacred community. Mm-hmm. Since current the the people of the Corinth Christian community were not necessarily Jewish in background. They gotcha. had uh-huh. some were, some were. And so for some, um, it was a, their, their past spiritual lives if they were worshiping in the Roman temples would have been very, uh, what do I get out of this? Mm-hmm. Focused. Uh, will my crops grow better? Will my right, kids right. get, have good marriages? That sort of thing. And Paul's thoroughly integrating into his writings, the, the wholeness of spirituality, that's your entire being that needs to be in love with God and realize that your entire being is loved by God and you're a temple and Mm -hmm. your community is a temple. And it's not just that place with all the pillars you go to whenever you need something. Right. 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 Church is much more than that. Um, what about these, uh, uh, quotes in 19 and 20, where, where is he pulling for it, for it is written, or is this another one of those, uh, it was probably written somewhere and we just, this one we actually can recognize. Hey, all right, good deal. Um, 19 is from Job and, um, 20 is from Psalm 93. Okay. All right. Yeah. So he he actually got this one. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure he got the other ones accurate. We just. Didn't, we just don't we apparently what text it was. We just apparently didn't feel the need to save it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> or or couldn't. Yeah. Uh, to be to be probably more accurate. Um, okay. Very good. Um, he does, yeah, he kind of then brings it back full circle. I wonder if our next reading from First Corinthians will... Uh, well, since we'll be starting Lent, oh, that's I, right. I think we step away from it. I'm yeah, we get away from the the the, uh, the the happier verses. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say we get we get away from the read uh, an epistle in order. No, you are system. dust, and to dust you shall return, yeah. and you get forty days of this. <laughs> <laughs> Have yourself a merry little Lent. <laughs> <laughs> no merry, no merriness. <laughs> Um, uh, any, any... Which we are being facetious about to be clear. Yes. Lent is actually supposed to be a time of deep joy as we open ourselves more fully to God. Yes, uh, it, it, it does have a lot of bad To press. be fair, Lent does have the, uh, uh, we have built around it this sense of uh, dread and yeah. uh, almost like uh, uh, practicing flagellism uh that that uh that's flagellism by the way not uh yeah yeah. um but uh uh 
and well, and, it, and, and that's really not the the yeah, the, reason, the the reason for the season there. Yeah, being um, punishing oneself in various ways was sort of well, yeah, it was trendy spiritually <clears throat> in the Middle Ages, mm -hmm. and in some ways, Lent's been stuck with some of those um, labels and stereotypes ever yeah. since. Yeah, it is. It is. I, I think it's fair to say it's a little bit more uh, uh, sobering, somber. Uh, uh, there, there is a tone to it that does is is does especially uh, considering it's sandwiched in between uh, the the you know reverent but also joyous Easter season and the very joyous uh, uh, Christmas season. Yeah, uh, it it's definitely does feel, you do feel the tonal shift, uh, yeah. I think, a little bit more drastically than you would if it were placed probably somewhere else. Yeah, and one of the interesting things, I mean, we'll, I'm sure we'll talk about this more um, next week about Lent, but one of the interesting things is in terms of the thou art dust and do dust thou shalt return, which is a phrase from the Ash Wednesday service, is in our popular culture, there are various TV programs and essayists and bloggers and stuff that are talking about life doesn't really have meaning unless you consider when we die. Mm. And so it's kind of interesting that completely out of a non-Christian or Jewish context, um, semi-secular philosophers, though they wouldn't call themselves by either of those titles, are coming to the realization that unless you consider that you are finite, it's hard to have a meaningful life. Mm, yeah. Yeah. So it apparently Lent does have some good things about it that we once again are circling back to as a culture to, to embrace. I like it. I very much like it. Uh, I'm looking forward to Lent. You have convinced me. Good. <laughs> Actually, uh, uh, I'm starting to uh, have an evidence to, to try to decide what it is that I want to observe how I want to observe and what I want to do for, for that observance. Well, we are going to unveil mm. this coming Sunday some suggestions. We're um, Holy Family is going to have a Lenten challenge. You take away my coffee, I'll stab you. No. <laughs> <laughs> We're not fools. Actually actually I've given that up before and it makes me very grumpy. <laughs> yeah, I, I have too. Um, it doesn't make me grumpy, but it makes me a little hard to get going. Um, but anyway, we're going to have five different ways, five different suggestions of, mm -hmm. of having a holier Lent I like that it. we will be unveiling um, this come uh, on this Sunday that we're heading towards. I'll be on our website, Facebook page, yada, yada, and in person. Too. Nice. Yeah. Oh, in person. So I'll feel. We actually uh, will have a physical paper handout. A little, a little bit more uncomfortable <laughs> scratching those off. I'm like, nope. <laughs> Right in front of your face. Just There's no chance I'm doing this Just, one. Just don't wad it up and throw it over your shoulder. There's bound to be someone sitting behind you. Here, this is for you. Yeah. This, this meant to give, he meant to give this to you. Obviously, it's not for me. Oh, goodness. Thank you for that tangent. Yes, sorry. Apologies. Uh, Matthew. Matthew, yeah. Matthew. The Gospel of Matthew, chapter 5, verse 38 through 48. You have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, do not resist uh, an evildoer. But if anyone, did I read that right? Yeah, do not resist an evildoer. But if anyone yeah. strikes you on the right cheek, turn the other also. And if anyone wants to sue you and take your coat, give your cloak as well. And if anyone forces you to go one mile, go also the second mile. 
Give to everyone who begs from you, and do not refuse anyone who wants to borrow from you. You have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, so that you may be children of your Father in heaven. For he makes his sun rise on the evil and on the good, and sends rain on the righteous and on the unrighteous. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet only your brothers and sisters, what more are you doing than others? Do not even the Gentiles do the same? Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. This is Jesus speaking mm -hmm. at this time. Um, Continuing the Sermon on the Mount. Okay. Um, this definitely um, uh, does kind of fly a little bit in the face of how we do feel. Uh, and how we do operate. Uh, if mm -hmm. you know, if someone hits you in the face, I'm. I have to admit, I'm still not going to offer my other, the other side of my face unless it's like, could you like push my jaw back on this? Could you just like give it a good old like? Not still not the reaction I would have. Yeah. Um. Uh. And if anyone wants to sue me to take my coat, um. And I. I don't know as if I'm still, I'm still not really going to just, okay, you should here have this as well. Yeah. Um, and I'm not going a mile or two miles, uh, because, uh, I'm old and lazy, but, uh, <laughs> so a lot of this is difficult for me. Uh huh. Um, am I, am I sinning father Bruce in, 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 <laughs> in these hypothetical, thank God I haven't had to fulfill any of them, uh, uh, uh hypothetical situations or what's what's going on here well it's supposed to make us stop and think and somewhat like the verses we had this past sunday it's jesus giving a commentary on places like leviticus and how through the hundreds and hundreds of years leading to the time of jesus uh, people had made adaptations and interpretations to make the, the passages practical and mm -hmm. applicable. And Jesus is saying, okay, now it's my turn to make those interpretations. Mm -hmm. So, um, for instance, he basically says, no, you don't get to play an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. Even though that is in Scripture. Um, mm -hmm. I can't remember but, who but, first... But wait, contradicting Scripture <laughs> is... Impossible. Impossible. <laughs> that, that's not okay. I thought... I... <laughs> You say, How could you say such a thing? Set up the straw man. I'll knock it down. <laughs> yeah, that, that's one of the, uh, this is one of the primary texts that we can, as Episcopalians use to, to say, Jesus modeled saying this scripture doesn't apply. Mm -hmm. And we have to use the God-given sense and discernment to do the same as we read scripture. Not every scripture is going to apply in every era. Yeah. Um, some will be applicable in one era, not for a while, maybe again later. And again, it does make sense, right? If there's yeah. a story, if, if a story is written down uh, that, uh, you know, God appeared to this person and he says, you know, uh, go get a goat and, and feed your family. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean we all go get a goat. Yeah. And forever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, God said that all we eat from here on out is goat. Right. Uh, and like, no. no, this is not so uh, it, it, you're taking a single, sometimes personal interaction, yeah. and then trying to apply it, apply it broadly. When the yeah. you know, the I point mean, is the story of God communicating with an individual and honoring 
that request or, you know, it, it yeah, being God interceding in one particular situation. A, an example I'll use because I've never heard anyone use it, so I don't think I'll um, oh, I've said be, that before. be offending anyone, <laughs> yeah, risking it, is one of the more famous uh, passages in the Bible is around Abraham offering to sacrifice his son mm-hmm. and not doing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yet we do not to this day when our sons reach a certain age <laughs> scare the crap out yeah. of them by going <laughs> Build pretending like we're going to murder them for uh, for uh, sorry sacrifice yeah. it's not murder yeah and, uh, and say, see my child we do ha- we do not have to offer human sacrifices anymore don't you feel lucky and <laughs> yeah. loved no i'm terrified <laughs> I soiled myself a mile ago. <laughs> and don't worry, you get to do this for your children. <laughs> yeah, we don't do that. Traditions so, are great. Um, <laughs> so Jesus, so Jesus is doing an exercise in scriptural interpretation mm-hmm. here. Um, to use one of my favorite quotes that I cannot attribute to anyone because I've forgotten where I first saw it is, uh, "If it's an eye for an eye, um, soon all the world is blind." Yeah. Because Very we true. all make mistakes, we all screw up, um, and so that's one of the reasons why God has revealed God's self to be merciful rather than a God of retribution. Gotcha. Revenge or all that stuff, all that bad stuff. Yeah, I, I think definitely taken in context with last week's reading, because they yeah. do uh, uh, butt up to each other. And it's meant to be taken as a whole. We just, yeah. again, don't have time yeah. to deal with it all every Sunday. These are not edicts of, this is what you shall do. He's providing examples of, you know, deal with everybody in love. If you, if someone hits you and you hit them back, you're not going to have, you're probably not going to have a loving relationship. You're not going to, you're not going to be able to demonstrate God's love in that, in that regard. And if someone sues you and, uh, uh, and and you counter sue or you hold them in anger uh, in your heart for the rest of your life, that's also not going to not what Christ is calling us to do yeah, here. It will not give you a loving relationship with that person. And I think it's kind of rounded out uh, by the where where he goes in in verse forty three, talking about you've heard it, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But if you only love people who love you, then what credit is that to you? Yeah. And what kind of life are you actually you're living? Not, you're not showing God's grace mm-hmm. at all. You're not. You're not. You're not making the world a better place. Right. And and there's there's a there's all sorts of reasons to hate people, and, mm-hmm. and you're right it, that, that as as you said, we'd all be without eyes, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. eventually because we're 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 flawed people, and we're gonna mess up, and it's gonna piss somebody off, and they're gonna yeah. they're gonna then take it out on us, and it just flows downhill, and as it gets ugly quick if we don't if we don't stop and take better judgment and realize that they're still God's creation. Do you want a couple semi-facetious interpretations of this? Always. Okay. One that I've heard a number of times, but again, again, I think it's kind of facetious, is that this is this set of verses is the passive-aggressive guide to being a Christian. Mm, okay. That, you know, whack, you hit me. Hey, hit me again. <laughs> <laughs> Please help me carry this burden while no, I'll carry it two miles. Right. <laughs> oh, give me your coat. Oh, take my cloak as well, which is basically you're right. now making the you're now standing naked. Right, exactly. This Would you like my shoes yes. as well? <laughs> so 
<laughs> Again, I don't think that's what Christ right. was saying at all. Um, but I have, <laughs> I have heard that basically as a justification for, don't worry, you're going to get your revenge anyway. <laughs> that's not the point. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, but it, it does, uh, it, it is, I, I do like what you point out, that it is it is Christ uh, turning, not only you know, kind of correcting the way that some of these rules have moved mm-hmm. throughout time, but also uh, kind of correcting uh, uh, things and saying, Okay, that now that no longer applies. Yeah. When this was written, you you know God's people lived in a very dangerous world, and it was you know maybe you know living survival was different at the time, and you had to follow a certain set of rules in order to in well, order to survive. Or... The the eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth in the original passage is actually limiting what you get to do to someone else. Mm. So that was one step towards a more compassionate civilization. But then Jesus, okay, let's take this further. Right. And and by that time, other Jewish teachers had also, um, like Isaiah and all, were also saying, had already said the same things that, yeah, we can't, we don't have to live that way anymore. We can't live that way anymore. Right. But it did pull us out of being absolute savages. And it really does uh, kind of paint the, the, the overall picture that I've, I've had for a long time, which is as God's, children if you take that metaphor very literally i think you get a real good feel as to our progression throughout Mm -hmm. throughout time old testament very basic concepts we are infant babies you know just peeking above the 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 blanket of uh, our life with uh, with with god and you keep the rules simple we can't handle very much right you know what i mean yeah and then when you get to like New Testament, it's kind of like, okay, you're a little older now. Yeah. And you're old enough to understand how some of this works. And it's a little bit more nuanced. And it's a, mm-hmm. it requires a lot more patience on your on your part. And you have to be a lot more mindful of who you are and your surroundings and what you say and what you do. And those kind of things matter. Whereas before, as a baby, you're like, just don't touch the hot stuff yeah. or the knives. If you could just do that and let... <laughs> <laughs> let, yeah. let dad take a nap for a second. <laughs> I would really appreciate it. <laughs> Stay away from the nail gun. <laughs> well, and to, to give you a, a very um, real example, when my uh, son William was three or four years old, the Summer Olympics were on TV, free cable in our household. That was the only thing on that was at all interesting during the summertime. So uh, we watched a lot of the Olympics. Mm-hmm. And one day... I was sitting reading a book in a chair and William walked up to me and I, you know, put my book down, gave him a big smile and he gave me this massive right hook in the jaw. Oh, <laughs> he rocked my head. Did you offer him the other cheek also? <laughs> and shame. My, shame. My, my immediate reaction was to literally say, William, no hitting, which, you know, is something we said to our two sure. kids over and over. I, yeah. And his, Eyes welled up with tears, and he looked at me and said, Daddy, not hitting, boxing. <laughs> like, okay, you got me. <laughs> yeah. A lot more nuanced than I was yeah. expecting. And he looked just like, he, he, it was a boxer just with that right, yeah. hard yeah. right to the jaw. Yeah, you're supposed to have your gloves up. Come yeah. on. <laughs> Where's your headgear? That's the Olympics. <laughs> um, yeah, so. <laughs> you know, for, I love it. <laughs> generations. 
the human race acts like the three or four year old, and Jesus is really mm -hmm. inviting us into the advanced course of being adults. Yeah, and including that making having to make decisions on our own for situations we did not anticipate. Exactly, and and as you pointed out, um, that that's the reason why this verse is 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 a good reason why where we can point to and go. That's yeah. why it's okay to grow and change over time, and mm -hmm. that you know certain things. Or aren't they're not really maybe not always to be held for forever, and then right. that's okay to question, you know, hey, have we grown beyond this? Yeah, uh, you know, are we yeah. are as we... individuals, as churches, as societies? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, um, uh, it which which uh is both exciting and terrifying at the same right. time because obviously. Hard and fast rules uh, are loved by everyone because they don't change, and once you know them, then you're you're set. You're you're, you're, you're set, and you're good. Yeah. Um, how you move forward in modern day and still show God's love, and still, mm -hmm. uh, but but still uh, be able to adapt to the time is difficult, and yeah. I think Christianity has shown time and time again that we do have difficulty with that. Yeah. Uh, sometimes we have killed people over it and, Sadly, and, yeah. and, uh, and made very, very poor decisions, uh, uh, uh just because of, because of that mm -hmm. inability to adjust and. Yeah. And to give a, 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 example that so many people struggle with day to day and every level of society struggles with day to day is the, in this verse, in these verses, Jesus saying, uh, give to everyone who begs from you. Mm -hmm. And back in the time of Jesus, that was crucial because there was no social welfare system. Right. And if uh, beggars were not given money, they would literally starve to death on the street. Now we have very uh, nuanced discussions going on all sorts of levels. It's really what's the best way to help someone. Mm -hmm. But what and so the way to approach this issue in light of this gospel reading is not necessarily, oh, I got to give 20 bucks to everyone who asks for it. But instead of, why am I not doing that? Mm. That the, the default should be say yes. And then walk with that God-given light and say, okay, here's the best way to give the 20 bucks. Right. And it might be to the local shelter program or something like that. Mm -hmm. um, but there there's no way to say simply oh don't give any money because we don't want anyone standing on a street corner as i hear some folks say it's mm. said why aren't we giving money and where should we be giving money those kinds of things hmm. it's very it's and it, there's not a single answer it'll be right. different in different circumstances it's, it's, yeah it's it's complex and complicated and i think uh to, to that exact uh situation uh you would point probably just no further than uh, this this passage or, or mm -hmm. wouldn't have to and and say deal with them in love yeah and you've done you've done it right yeah uh, um it there are there are, yeah is there a per is there a better way for you know mm -hmm. that love to be used or to be spent maybe possibly but if you've done it in in with you know kindness in your heart and god's yeah. love then you've that you've done what you've been asked to do yeah what happens from there is a little out of our hands. Very much out of our hands. Most of life is. Yeah. And that's the hard thing to admit. Yeah. That, that's one of the reasons. But we're not in control rules. of this train. We're right. Really not. 
Yeah, one of the Every best... now and again, we get to look out the window and see where it is we're going. <laughs> yes. Yeah, we are not in the locomotive. No. We are in the passenger seats. Yep. Yep. Very good. Uh, well, uh, at, at the fear of waxing poetic for uh, hours on end, yes. which I know I can do, and uh, uh, I have a feeling you're pretty well versed at as well, um, um, maybe we should call it quits unless you have any other things thing to point out as as far as this uh, Those are reading the goes yeah uh um i yeah. do like his use of uh tax collectors that's the nice little dig uh like even the tax collectors do that i'm like yeah. ooh. well again you uh, love to be in it as we said before <laughs> as i've said before the tax collectors were not like modern tax collectors they sure. instead were essentially more like uh, mafia protection guys yeah <laughs> yeah yeah definitely definitely disliked and so being yeah. lumped in with them was Uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It might be yeah. even the corner drug dealers do the same. Right. But it also spurns the, uh, the audience to, to do better. Like, yeah. Oh, I'm better than them. Yeah. <laughs> I can. Okay. I can do that. Oh, I gotta do better than that. This <laughs> is getting harder. <laughs> Jesus. What if, what if that's hard? <laughs> I see your point, but, uh, I, I raise you difficulty. <laughs> I don't want to. <laughs> It'll be inconvenient. Yes. Um, all right. Well, then this was uh, this was your your podcast for February twenty third, twenty twenty. Not Transfiguration Sunday, but right. seventh Sunday after Epiphany, and the or last. seventh Sunday of Epiphany of Epiphany. Okay. And the the and the last and the last. And uh, so as you as you. Uh, uh, Listen to this. Uh, prepare, prepare yourself for Lent. Uh, 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 look forward to though uh, uh, some suggestions, uh, mm -hmm. some helpful suggestions, um, and um, and pancakes on Tuesday. Oh, and pancakes. <laughs> Thank you. Very good. Uh, Shrove Tuesday, uh, five to seven. Uh, the mm -hmm. the youth group uh, is sponsoring a pancake supper, mm -hmm. and uh, uh, let's see here. Uh, family is fifteen. A, an, an adult is five each, and the children under 10 are $3. So uh, please come join us. Delicious meal. Get your fill. And, uh, and, and then my part is to plug Ash Wednesday service yes. is at 7 p.m. Yeah. Okay. Seven p.m. So we're not. You're not doing uh, uh, morning. We're not doing drive-by ashes. No. We're not doing no. No. <laughs> ashes and a latte. No. <laughs> but something else uh, that it I, could be very popular. I'm one, just saying. <laughs> one last plug is uh, this coming Sunday at mm -hmm. 9 a.m. for adult formation between the 8 and 10 o'clock services, we are um, having part two of our discussion of how Episcopalians ponder politics with the Oh, I love the, the alliteration. Isn't it fun? With the opening um, conversation being, how do we pray for leaders? Mm. Should we pray for leaders that we disagree with? Uh, I, I'm assuming, do, do I, I don't want to give away the farm, but I'm assuming the answer is yes. But, we're, <laughs> but Did I how, pass? How, do we, how do we do it if it's someone that turns our tummy? Yeah, uh, we've all, we've all yeah. experienced that. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, uh, uh, if you've been alive long enough to vote, you've been alive mm -hmm. long enough to have a leader who you don't like. Yeah. 
and disagree with. Yeah. And so yeah. how do we live out ethical lives with our political responsibilities? Very good. Yeah, I like pretty, it. We had part one this past Sunday. That, that right? could even apply to leaders within the church. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I Many times in this past Sunday, I said, okay, I'm, you know, we're criticizing secular leaders, but this would also apply to our church as an mm -hmm. institution. Absolutely. On a, particularly not at Holy Family, but beyond. <laughs> Yeah, we're we're yeah, let's set, let's set up the expectation that we're perfect here. Right. I love that. That sounds great. Please oh, hold us to the to impossible pluck out my standard eye and turn the other cheek. Oh my gosh. Uh, yes, pray for us. And, yeah, absolutely. Yes. Um, but uh, but yeah, very good. No, that's exciting. Uh, yeah, great things happening. Very good, very good. Uh, well, then uh, we look forward to to seeing you this Sunday. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, if not, uh, we'll have uh, the 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 homily up on uh, this this uh, podcast uh, and also on our uh, YouTube channel at HFEC Videos. Uh, and uh, but uh, hopefully we'll get to see you in person and, mm -hmm. and be bright and cheerful because it's my last Sunday to have caffeine unless I I find <laughs> something better. Um, <laughs> But uh, so anyways, uh, until then, I'm Ben. And I'm Bruce. And we'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye.